This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, Antoinette. Yeah, we back in effect. Don't know you had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And it's Deuce on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo. Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, got my main man, Deuce. What's up, man? Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been yep. a long day. It's been a long day. My voice is actually getting deeper as the day because I mean, we've been talking so much. Yeah. It's like I can hear my voice cracking a little bit. Uh, yeah, we're in beautiful Bartow, Florida, um, over here on Main Street um, for Sci-Fi Bartow 2019, um, celebrating steampunk uh, and, of course, all fandoms as well. So uh, we had a good time. Um, really cool turnout. Uh, lots, lots of pets this year, which is really cool to see. Um, and... Uh, they had the Animal Control, SPCA over there. They, they had 20 dogs, uh, and they went out in an hour. I was very happy about that. So I'll get some new forever homes for the pets. Always good. That went a way better direction than I thought because you're like, pet control's here. And I'm <laughs> no, like, no, oh, no, no. The pets have <laughs> run wild at no. Sci-Fi Bar Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's a fun little event. We do it every year. Um, this is the sixth year they've done it. Um, but... We've had guests on, and we've had, you know, cosplayers and comic writers on today, and uh, a few other guests. But we love to have our friends on, too. So, um, of course, uh, we wouldn't be the Happy Hour Giant Deuce without our friends. So, um, they're the ones that kind of help uh, spread the word, you know what I mean? Because uh, sharing is caring, as we always say. We don't really do any marketing. It's all word of mouth, um, and uh, that's we're going to keep it that way as long as we can. So. But uh, we're going to try some new and improved things for 2019, so we're so be on the lookout for that. And as always, we're on every podcast service of choice: uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, you know, all the places you can get uh, podcasts. But we're also working on getting iHeartRadio and uh, Spotify this year. So keep on the lookout for that. So good times. And with this. We have two friends that uh, I usually only see once a year. I, although I saw you in a uh, Publix or a Walmart somewhere. It was Publix. Publix, yeah. Publix. Uh, 
we have the uh, you're you're a cook, you're a photographer, you do all kinds of things. Yes. Uh, we have Matthew Pfeiffer on Thank the you. Happy Hour, Johnny Deuce, and then of course with us, I see her only once a year, Nian and Nier. She's back with us on the Happy Hour, Johnny Deuce. So welcome back. Oh, thanks. It's for always good to back. see you. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to see you guys. And yeah, yeah I, I don't get out this end of town much because mostly I'm doing shows in Tampa. And oh, they so keep they keep her chained up here. In yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they let they let me out of the dungeon yeah. clear to the other side of Florida <laughs> about once a year. So yeah. yeah. So it's good you guys are on, and, and it's fun to chat with our friends and hang out with you guys. So thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah that's thank great. You. Really cool. You know. So uh, what are you guys been up to? What's what's new? Um. Gee, um, what's happened in a year? What's happened in a year? Um, they got us a brand new doctor this year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Doctor Who. And your new favorite cosplay. We actually talked about it in an episode earlier yeah. today about how excited you are about your cosplay. Oh my gosh, this is so comfortable. I could yeah, wear this so all much day. So better than getting dressed up in uh, steampunk stuff. Huh? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I did. We I did steampunk last year for um for for anybody that's watching that doesn't know I'm a blogger and a cosplayer, and um if you're feeling a little bit like you like to torture yourself a little bit you can find me at niananeer.com and um yeah last year i did the steampunk thing for the show and this year i get to do doctor who and i'm just really delighted about that because yeah. that is so much more comfortable than a corset definitely it's an easier outfit to wear i mean you don't sure. have to yeah. like put That's in true. gears and cogs and stuff right a shirt yeah yep um yeah i'm i'm really excited about the show though it's yeah it's really hit all the high points and it's it improved. The first couple of episodes that I saw were kind of okay, but the one they did for New Year's with the Daleks was extremely oh, well done, I thought. Ex- that was exceptional. That was an exceptional episode. Yeah. Well, I think, feel like every time we change on Doctor Who, we get there's a little bit of a false start, and then you, everybody finds the rhythm and it goes better. Yeah. The only but problem I had was that the, you, you have too many, if you have too many companions, you don't get vested in them. Now, see, I'm the opposite because when I started watching Doctor Who, it was in the late 70s, early 80s. So it was the 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 Peter Davidson years. Oh, that so would no, that would have been the no. Yeah, Peter, the, 70s would have been Tom the, Baker. Tom Baker and Peter Davidson. But at the it's time that four. I was at the time I was <laughs> watching, you know, you'd see one Doctor one week and a different one the next because they were running reruns. Yeah, yeah, and out of order. Yeah. But yes. I really appreciated the Peter Davidson episodes because he had that entourage. Well, that was so also you got a lot of writing. You got a lot of different perspectives. And, and they really focused on like like one episode would focus on Tegan and one would focus in on you know it would give you more variety. This one they were trying to throw four people at one time. At yeah. But when they got to the Dalek episode of New Year's, was really well done. It was very smooth, yeah. very well thought out. It was a good family thing. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I was really impressed. I think that once they get a rhythm, they'll be fine. I just but hope they keep her on for a little bit longer and let her breathe. Well, the thing the I was talking about this. The this is ratings, not a Doctor Who podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, but the the ratings for the show in the UK are the best they've, they've had, had since since uh, David Tennant. Yeah. Oh wow! That's so good. you know, David Tennant was the, he was fan, yeah he, sh- he 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 blew the ratings out of the water and she's almost at the same level for ratings. That's good over there. So that's doing that's well. Yeah, they're they're yeah. real. BBC's primary concern is how it plays at home and True. how it plays overseas is secondary. Right. I think the so only thing that really hurts Doctor Who or any British television show, if you don't notice, is the fact that they'll do a season and then they'll wait a year or two and then they'll do a second yeah. season. And by then, you're 
people are moving on. Everybody's yeah. so yeah. fast right. these days. They want everything right away. Yeah. True. I mean, that's that's why point. Netflix and that are so big is because they, when they drop a show, like well, Doom Patrol, they drop the whole show. Yeah. Well, they didn't do that they, with, Doom no, they didn't do with Doom Patrol. They do it one episode a week. Yeah, DC, so, yeah. DC yeah. Universe yeah. is different. Yeah, yeah they just drop it once drop a week. Daredevil, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little mad. I want them to go the route <laughs> of uh, – because I, I have become – a bingeaholic. Like, yeah. if I yep. can't just watch them all in a row. Not with beer, I, but with shows. Yeah, <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, sure. That's a story, and he's yeah. sticking to it. That's a story, it. we're going to stick to it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, but, like, if I can't, like, sit down and watch, like, eight of them in a row, I don't want to fool with it. Yeah. Now, see, I'm the opposite. I appreciate getting them doled out to me so I have time to digest them and think about what I've just seen. Well, for me, that's the hype. I mean, it's like if they hype, like, the show, like Daredevil, yeah. And you're going to think, okay, they drop everything at one time. Or they, they try to hype, <laughs> like CBS is trying to hype Star Trek. And then they drop it. It's like, eh, I could have waited to see the episodes in time. Yeah. Wherever you watch, like, Punisher, you want to watch it from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. like Punisher, man. I was binge-watching that thing, man. I was, like, there with a cold beer and a slice of pizza. And, yeah. I have had a running thing, and I didn't do it with Punisher, but I've been doing it with all the Netflix shows when it comes to the Marvel stuff. I will order three pizzas on Friday night, and I will stick them in the oven, and I will eat all three pizzas over the course of the weekend and just, like, binge it. Like, I'll literally watch as much as I can, go to bed, wake up the next day, start watching it again until I get done with it. Dude, I can feel my arteries hardening just having this conversation oh, with you. You, you probably should, especially when you see what I put on the pizzas. So, yeah. It was all low-fat, right? Low oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was gluten-free. Gluten yeah. Yep. Gluten-free. Yeah. yeah. Gluten-free and pizza should not be in the same sentence. I'm sorry. No. It's easy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, gluten-free. I mean, hey, it's a yeah. thing. You know, Pizza Hut does gluten-free, don't they? Or they do. Yeah, they, yeah. Do. Yeah, they got a gluten-free yeah. option. Yeah, it's called most a cracker. Rest, yeah. <laughs> most of all those places have that stuff. Now, anything yeah. food-related is going to have gluten-free yeah. or some kind of dietary stuff because right. they want to create to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I know I work with this stuff. It happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, you got to deal with gluten-free oh, shit at work. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And usually that's when they call me. I need gluten-free, soy-only, non-fat milk latte. Right. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> you guys are famous now. Right. Yeah. It's a nice, nice camera, nice lens. Nice. Sorry about that, guys. No, no. It's, it, it, yeah, you 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 look at the world with, with the different glasses, so to speak, because yeah. you it's your tr your your craft, your trade. Well, so when I see people like I, I see a uh, a girl dressed up in cosplay. There was a girl that was here last night, and uh, I saw her again today, and she was all dressed up in steampunk. And I went to her. I said, "You look fabulous. You have a great look, great face." And she looked at me like I was the biggest pervert in the world. It's like I'm a photographer. This is what I do. Yeah. I don't see things from a, hey, this is sexy, this is not sexy. I look at it from, like, well, there's a girl that I knew from England, from the, she worked at the UK Pavilion, and she was stunning. The first thing I crossed my eyes, Grace Kelly. She looked like Grace Kelly. Wow. Rawr. Yeah. She looked like Grace Kelly. <laughs> and that's what she was. And she yeah. was, and for the whole time that I knew her, which was right. about a year before she went back to the UK, and I knew her as, as she was my Grace Kelly. Oh, yeah. And she took the best pictures. But it had nothing to do with anything else. It was the fact of, that's what I look for. I look for the face. Yeah. I look for the image, the right. eyes, the way right. that the light hits your face. Right. That's all the things that I see. Right. Or like when I go to Disney, I look for things that nobody else sees, and that's what I see. True. Yeah. Everyone a has their own craft. A different lens. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
Well, that's pretty common with all artists, though. Yeah. They're not they're not seeing the world the way maybe everybody else is looking at right, it. Right. So. True. You have to see it through your eyes of what you want to create. Yeah. Is the way I understand it. For sure. You know, yeah. If you if you it's like everybody say photo, a photograph is is a story. So you want to make that story what you, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're directing a film, you have that image in your head. That's what you want, and that's what you get. It's kind of like with uh, podcasts for us. Like I have a few podcasts I listen to, but. I'm very analytical when it comes to listening to other podcasts because I'm like, I know what it's like to edit and to, to put the time in and edit, put your commercials in, put your sound, your outro music and, you know, all that stuff. And some people, you can tell they're, it sounds like they're underwater yeah. and I'm just like, you know. You, you really don't, let you, that go to air. Yeah. yeah like yeah. you really post yeah. that. It's that like, way you're really? supposed to be professional and yeah. this is what you put out. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's some major, I won't mention names, but there's some major corporations that have podcasts out there that don't sound as good as we do. No. I mean. I'm going to pat myself on the back. We put a lot of hard work into this, you know. We've been doing this for almost six years, you know. We put good work. And and the thing is, we're doing this. This is like a live atmosphere. I mean, you'll hear it when you listen to the episode. But, like, you know, it's all about mixing and putting in this – the correct, you know, mastering the audio and making sure yeah, everything you're sounds a genius, good. Man, you made chicken salad out of chicken. There's been shit some times, so many times, <laughs> like it's, it's ridiculous. We've had guests. Sauce, I'm not man. eating at your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had guests on. Uh, we love them to bad. death, but yeah. they they don't they've never been on a mic before, so they're like, my goodness, I don't know. They're what bringing to do. it all the way down, and they're very timid. They don't yeah. know how to act. They don't uh, know how to talk it. and stuff. Let yourself so, out there when you're on a mic, man. Right. Oh, yeah. Let it yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I know one, that, the one that I, and I'm not plugging them at all, but uh, the lady that does it, her name is Shannon. And the, I love the podcast. I love the what she's talking right, about. Right. The content's good. Yeah. But the problem is, is when they start off, you hear the guy doing his intro, and it's very professional, very good. But then it seems like they are already in the conversation as they start. It's like, you didn't introduce the person. You right. didn't give any information. You have right. to look at the notes on iTunes to find out who they're talking about. Oh, wow. About. Yeah. And it's like you miss that. And she and she's wonderful. She's professional. She's a wonderful right. person. But you have to have that kind of – you gotta. You guys are more rounded on how everything happens. Well, it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, the, the first <laughs> – we had training wheels on for the first six months because we were like – both of us have I've had experience on podcasts before, but now it's kind of like you know, Deuce and I have known each other for we've realized we've known each other for 21 years now. Yeah. So uh, since 1999 or uh, 1998, uh, we've yeah. known each other. So like that also has another element to it as we know each other so we've well. We got shorthand at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like, I can look at him and he can look at me and we're like, yeah, this thing's like nosediving straight into the to, to the lake. Because sometimes taking a hard right into the wall, like we need right. to like wrap it up. Yeah, sometimes we'll have a allotted hour with somebody, and we're like, no, this no, no. like we'll give them a solid twenty and call it a day. No, this we is because some you can edit it down and yeah, cut yeah, out the right, hours, right, right, yeah. It's yeah. just some people just which we'll probably do with this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> this would actually would probably be fine. This yeah, this I'm is actually chill. not worried yeah. about it. But some yeah. of them we've had where it's just like, and it's funny sometimes the ones where we think, oh, this is gonna be awesome, like this is gonna be a slam dunk, and it's just like crickets, and you're right. like. Damn, I did not expect that. Yeah. Like, I expected way more out of this person. Right. And then there's been some where I'm like, dude, this is going to be a train wreck. This is going to be like 20 minutes. Don't even worry about it. Yep. And then we get just an amazing hour. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you can never truly tell what happens till the mic I, goes I live. I think that happens with everybody because if yeah. you listen to some in Kevin Smith's, some of his are top-notch, like right. podcast stuff, right. fantastic. And then some of them are just like, oh, my Lord, yeah. I'm shutting this off. Right. Yeah. Well, it's artistic epiphany. Sure. 
I mean, it depend, and it's irrelevant what kind of artist you are. Sure. Sometimes the brush and the canvas work really well together, and sometimes you open up the window and pitch that sucker right out right. Yeah. into the bin. Agreed. I just you got know? an image of somebody opening a window and I seen a an eight by you know an eight by eighteen canvas flying out the window and hit somebody in the head. Yeah. Oh, hey, I've done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was used. I used to be really good at aiming for the bin, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Not to, so much anymore. <laughs> to take it back to what we were saying earlier about Netflix and binging and all that, my wife and I, well, we we wanted to. This was a couple years ago, before season four of Game of Thrones was coming out. We we hadn't watched any of it because we heard Game of Thrones for some. Oh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. And we're like, you, you know what? You are so crazy when it comes to that stuff. Like, Doctor, well, anything that somebody's like, this is really, really good. He's like, nah. pass. He's like, I'm, yeah. Nah, I'm good. That's, yeah. that, that, it's not avant-garde enough for him. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that. It's just like if people talk it up too much, he automatically yeah. shuts down. It's He's one of those like, things nah. where it's like it's like everyone tell like it was, it, was, it, it was like five shows in a row that everyone did this. They hype it up so much on Facebook. They'll be like, oh, Breaking Bad, best show of all time. Uh, um, yeah, not that great. You, you know sorry. what I mean? Like everyone's like, great. and they go, "Game of Thrones, best show of all time." Uh, Doctor Who season, whatever it was, season I forget what it was, it was two years ago, three years well, ago. Eleven was the newest yeah. one. Yeah, they're like best best series of all time, no. uh, and then everyone like hypes it up to the the, to the max capacity. Like, there's no other show e- greater than this. I'm just like, dude, you can't really. It's not well. It's not like they're hype. If you overhype like Infinity War, yeah, different animal altogether. Right, exactly. But if you're in it, like everybody said to me about uh, Stranger Things, they said you got to watch Stranger Things. It's awesome. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't spectacular for me. I, I think it's it depends I'm more on like looking at things, going, "Hey, I remember that when I was a kid, right. and I remember right. that when I was a kid." Right. Like so, the nostalgia bug yeah. was right. more like okay. Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing is like it, it, for me, it's like I when it comes to avant garde, if you want to use that word, uh, when it comes to music, I'm the polar opposite. I'm listening to things no one. I mean, I'm like. I'm like I've got my fingers on the pulse of indie people. He's like from, a hipster kid when it comes from, to that uh, stuff. Yeah. From like uh, like Scandinavian and Sweden. I know bands from Sweden and like that Epica you. And Einar, uh, yeah, well, you know these like guys. That, yeah, yes. but like there's a lot of there's a lot Thrash of people metal. coming up in the world that it's not popular in America per se, or it's not on the radio. You know, so it's like I don't really listen to the radio for that reason. But oh, being that I'm older, I was listening to you know guys were listening to you know uh, the hair metal bands back when I was growing mm-hmm. up. They were listening to you know. Bob Seger and they were well, Bob Seger's pretty good. Yeah. Bon Jovi and and right. Wasp and all these other hair metal bands. And I'm gonna listen to you know Merle Haggard and you know Country Joe McDonald from Country right. Joe and the Fish. It's like right. these are people that you don't usually listen to when right. you're that age. You know, right. it's like yeah. you listen to Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah, everyone has their own loves, right, and their own fandoms. Yeah. Like twenty I, years later, everybody's your best friend. Like I always listen to Johnny Cash. No, you didn't. Right. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like my favorite show of all time. It's my favorite show. I'm not saying it's the best show of all time, but it's my favorite. It's the original Twilight Zone. I love that show. And I've watched. That is a great show. I've, oh, you kidding me? Classic. It, it is. It's fantastic. Absolutely. I love it. Some of the best writing and production yep. that have well, ever that been the on television. As well, but I the mean, you, when, was amazing. When you yeah. think about what they had to work with for a budget. Yep. Well, and they kept cutting his budget every year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal work. Yeah, it was all about letting your mind complete the picture too. A lot of it, uh, and he he did push the envelope on a lot of things too. I mean, he he was very against war. Yes. So anytime he had anything about war, uh, he'd have it where it's like war is you know who really is the bad guy. You know, I mean, he did one episode where he flipped his script 
and we were looking at it from the Japanese uh, side of the side of point. Yes, right. yeah. And you were like, "Well, they're not really. They're just there. They're half because because their country is having to fight." And it's like, "Well, who's really the bad guy?" You know. And it made it look made the U.S. look bad, but then you flip it the other way, it makes Japan look bad. So it's like he was he was a former uh, uh, paratrooper, so that was his thing. He was like, "I don't want to do this. I was well, he, drafted." He was on. Was he on D Day? Yeah, I think he was mm-hmm. there on D Day. Yeah. yeah. So he was drafted, and he smoked a lot, and yes. he got cancer. Uh, and then he died. Um, but the dude was a genius. He was a, I mean, he wrote 92 of the 156 episodes. Did he do the one where the, it, the, it was the beauty episode where the girl was running out of the hospital and she was beautiful? Oh, yeah. But everybody else thought she was ugly because they were all like pig nosed. Yeah, I had to behold her. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That, yeah, that, that one was, um, that one I think was Richard, Richard Matheson. But he was surrounded himself with a lot of writers, talented writers. So that show to me is the pinnacle of what great writing is for yes. TV. And, and a lot of stuff holds up well today. Yeah. He did, uh, my favorite was To Serve Man was my favorite. That was an excellent oh my gosh. one of my favorites. I That's still have nightmares about that. What yep. was the one with Burgess Meredith where he was the, he did, he's the books? He's done three. So he's done he's done um, a Time Enough at Last. Oh man, thank you. Thanks, brother. Uh, time. Was that Joel? This is uh, one of the comic uh, writers okay. that, we, uh, that we, we spoke to earlier. Uh, so he was time enough at last, which is the reading one with the glasses. Yeah, it's where at the very end he had all the books and everything, but his glasses broke. Right. Yeah. My favorite one of his is uh, when he when he was an obsolete man, where yes. it's taught now. That one is really hitting today. Yep. I don't think I saw that one. Obsolete. Well, he obsolete man. He was a librarian, and uh-huh. this was a this was a post-apocalyptic world where uh, books were outlawed, uh-huh. magazines, any literature was outlawed, and so he, it's a Fahrenheit 450. Exactly. Very similar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he. The guy is like, and when you're obsolete, when you're considered obsolete, you, you have to be sentenced to death. Okay. You know, you're no longer allowed to be in society. society. And you get to choose how you die, and you get to choose when you die. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, within a certain time frame. So, he, and then it was all like uh, New World Order kind of thing, where it was like the, the, uh, the whole America was like a union, a whole government. The whole country was like this organized. It's very 1984. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, yeah, like this one uh, government or whatever. And so... It, for me, it was like, wow. What else, what what are the things that have gone through now that were ne- that were jobs that are kind of gone now? You think about it. There used to be elevator operators. Yeah. That's not around nope. anymore. No. So you've got a lot of things. Milk. People bringing milk. Right. That was the thing back in the day. Newspapers are kind of you know that's a dying thing, but it's like but it was more than that. It was like you're you're so obsolete that you don't you don't, you don't allow yourself to be you can't exist in this world anymore. And that is like a. That is like a parallel between like racism and prejudice, oh, yeah. and like he had all—he was so far, like the way he was but thinking. But see, about the it. whole thing about becoming obsolete is—it's a fake out because what do we have now? But an, we have grocery delivery services right. now. Yeah, you almost have to change your whole paradigm of how right. you think. Right. Yeah. You can't stick with the milk delivery service, right. even though if you go to the UK, they still, still deliver. deliver. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, they do. They pump, oh, yeah. your, they pump your gas too. Yeah. They, they really? have people that yeah. go out and pump your gas. Yeah. yeah. I used to do that. I used to yeah. But, yeah. but now we're we're getting to where you put your order in on the internet and somebody right. goes to the store and picks it up and delivers right. all your groceries, yeah. not just your milk. Right. So the idea of obsolescence is Yeah, but is that a good or is manu- that just lazy? No, I don't <laughs> but it's ma- obsolescence is manufactured. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's a manufactured idea. Just because we don't need milk delivered doesn't mean that there isn't a market for those exact the, same it, skills in a different look, context. The products right. are still there. It's just the acquisition of those products. Yeah. To get right. To I agree. Yeah. And he and another. I would just point out another episode uh, he did. Uh, 
uh, with Andy McDowell, the guy you know, the guy from uh, Planet of the Apes who played Cornelius. Mm -hmm. um, he was in the show. Uh, oh, that was Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell, Roddy excuse McDowell. me. Yeah, Roddy yes. McDowell. Uh, and so he had an, he did an episode called "People Are Alike All Over," and it was the idea of these astronauts landed on this planet, and they were really nice, and they were like, "Hey, here's a place to eat. Here's a place to stay, sleep. Here's a place to sleep." And they go in, they're doing their thing, and then they wake up the next morning, and they can't get out. It looks like a house, but they're just like, we can't get out. There's no, we can't open the windows. We can't open the doors. And all of a sudden, they walk towards the back of the house, and this this uh, wall opens up, and underneath it is this bars, and they're in like a cage, like in a zoo. Yeah. And and the guy and the guy he called the guy was named Marcus who passed away when they landed. He was like, Marcus, you're right. Everyone, people are like all over, and people were coming in judging everyone. And I was like, wow, that's like a parallel f for society and life. It's like. They were in a zoo being judged and looked at, you know, as mm -hmm. it, oh, man. He was which, so far about beyond his which time. Which funny because Roddy went on to do Planet of the Apes right, later. Right, Where mm -hmm. the humans were in cages. And Rod Serling wrote the script for yeah, Planet of the Apes. That's so right. that's where they teamed up. Really? So, yeah, Rod Serling wrote the script the for Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So oh, yeah. that was like, they, they worked together. So it's really cool that, I, I was so into Twilight Zone. I got to do Rod Serling as like an autobiography or whatever. It was so cool to learn his whole story and all he that. He was so stuff. brilliant. He was actually big friends with uh, Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you look at a lot of the social uh, stories that he did on on Twilight Zone, they actually mimicked a lot of them on Star Trek in right. the original series. Yeah, Not and the he, later series obviously because it was years afterwards. Right. The original series, yeah. Yeah, and he spoke at colleges. He was very big about going to he colleges. Wrote a, he wrote one of the animated shows too. Yeah, he did. Star he Trek, did the yeah. animated. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And then he did the, uh, he wrote the first two episodes of the animated Planet of the Apes. Apes. Yep, they did Planet of the Apes animated, yes, which was kind of out there, but it was cool. That was 1974, 75? Something like that, I yeah. I had forgotten like about that until you brought that up. I used to watch that. Yep. It was on the same time as Star Trek was. When right. When did Star Trek yeah. anime, it was the same year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because they had just come out with the third Planet of the Apes movie, I think, which was Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Right, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, yeah. which I actually really liked. Uh, I liked all the originals. Yeah. Yeah, those are all excellent. Um, I don't, I, we, we don't remember. I, I kind of forget the one that happened with the gentleman. Um, Mark Wahlberg? That movie doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so that Planet of the Apes is uh, the I've way actually, they, they butchered the ending. I have not oh seen God. any it of the new ones at all. It had great visual effects, and the music was extraordinary. Danny Hoffman, you can't go wrong with him. And I know you knew soundtracks. That's one of the better soundtracks that he had. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh I like that one. That was the, one of my uh, I love Danny. Not Elfman. my favorite from Dan from Danny Elfman, but one of his best. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good one. I mean, I could talk about film scores because I have. I yeah, literally you and I have. Really go because I, I got have tons of them. I have a film score enthusiast Facebook page, and I have. Yes, I'm do. happy to. I think I have like 200 people on it. I'm very. I'm very proud of that because <laughs> there's not many people I know that are into film scores that that listen to soundtracks only. I still like, have two on vinyl. I have uh, the, the 1978 Superman. Oh, nice. 80s Flash Gordon on, on that's vinyl. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. That's cool. From when I bought him when I was a kid. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone has their own thing. Like I'm in, I'm in the Twilight Zone hardcore, so I know Twilight everything Zone's about awesome. it, the ins and outs. I love Star Wars the same way. I love the in and outs of that. But I love film scores, and that's a super niche uh, uh, slice of life I mean, when it people, comes. To when you can sit and name a movie and name who did the composed the score, right? You are really sharp. Yeah, because a lot of people don't catch them. Right, and then and then you get. And that's what hate, what makes me mad in the Academy when they go for best original score. It, they're always trying to find the weird, uh, like, stuff that doesn't normally. I don't know. It just well, they, they, they guys like they have rappers that do music scores, and it's like it sounds exactly like your last album, dude. What's the difference? Well, yeah. it, give like, us something. You know, John Williams. How many Oscars has he won? 
He's only won th three. Three, three. Yeah, three. He won um, for uh, Jaws, uh, the uh, A New Hope, and I think Superman, right? I think it was not Super Superman 78. No, I think it was. It might have been 78. He he almost won. He won a Golden Globe for Memoirs of a Geisha. Yes. So that was a big deal because he hadn't won a Golden Globe in a long time. So, but he gets nominated every year. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, I've well, got more. I've got the most nominations ever. But he's and like they, Danny Elfman. He just he composes them but doesn't conduct them. Right. Yeah. So because I mean, Danny can't anymore. So. Yeah. Well, um, John Williams is like 86. So yeah. I mean, I, I the day that he passes because. We, Deuce and I have had a car, had episodes when we talk so, about people passing, yeah. you know, celebrities. Upset. I'm going to have to talk him off the it's ledge. Like when Stan go, when yeah. Stan went, it was, like, really bad. But when John goes, oh. Uh, John Williams passes, I'm going to need a week, like, yep. seriously. Because like, I, I literally own, like, 400 soundtracks, and, and half of those are John Williams. So All, like, mine, are all mine are digital, so yeah. I get everything digital. So. Yeah. So, for me, that that's very close to my heart. Uh, when Carrie Fisher passed away, I cried oh, like a baby. Great. I mean, I I, I adored her. I I looked up to her. I mean, she was so you awesome. You can always tell a true fan of somebody. Whenever she died, you had two ways of thinking. People were thinking, they were sad because she was gone, or they were like, they, the other thought was, how are they gonna felt this in the next movie? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, true. She just died, dude. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but when John goes, it's gonna be like, oh my, because uh, James yeah. Horner died what, uh, ten years ago or something like that. No, it's been it was only like three or four, uh, three, four years, years ago. ago? I yeah, it was longer than that. Yeah, he died in a plane crash, yeah. which yeah. that's that's a common thing with the musicians dying in planes. Yeah, that's well, like it's because of yeah. all the traveling. Buddy that's true. Holly that more you know. the odds are you would pass away in a plane because you. Holly Leonard Skinner. Yep. Yeah. Um, Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin died in a plane crash. That's yeah. Right. Um, but I'm. The reason for that is because they're traveling in smaller planes. True. That are not. Technically, well, mechanically, as safe. They're not as regulated. They're, yeah. they're not as regulated, Leonard so they're Skinner's not as was safe. Was in a 707. Yeah, there's back a, in 78, right. 77. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. October 20th. October 20th is yeah. the day they passed away. Well, most of them. Street survivors. Uh, yep. That was. Uh, I mean, I'm a big Skinner fan. Being from New Orleans, I was a huge fan of Skinner and yeah. all the Southern rock and stuff like that. Half my family's from Georgia, so. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my uh, my aunt grew up a couple door, uh, doors up from Wet Willie, the band Wet Willie. Oh wow. Yeah. See, we're just sitting here and we're talking about Doctor like Who. We're talking about yeah, we're talking about everything today, and that's what's so cool. We can sit here and just well, you kinda gave me a microphone. You were doomed. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, it's all good. Yeah, you good know. luck getting me to shut up. <laughs> now, okay, I'm gonna go to the the soundtrack route. What sure. You, if you had to pick one, pick one. What? What would you pick? Soundtrack. What sound? What's your, your favorite soundtrack of all time? Uh, I'll go. T I'll give you top five in oh, no order. Good hit. So uh, I hear this. I'm uh. I would probably go uh, um, Alan Silvestri, Back to the Future. That the the first the whole series. Or the, I would the first say one? the first one probably is, yeah, is the most that's iconic. A, that's a good soundtrack. Okay, uh, I love that soundtrack. Um, I'm gonna throw an odd one out there. Um, the movie is well received and big, uh, but the soundtrack is hit or miss for people. Uh, Vangelis, Blade um, Runner. I'm a big oh, fan of that oh, soundtrack. Oh, I really? love that is a good soundtrack. Yeah. It is. I love that soundtrack. It's really and good. There are four different versions of that soundtrack. There is, and there's. Five different films. Yep. So, and they have the work print. They have the director's cut. They have the theatrical cut. They have uh, the the complete edition, which yep. he he puts all the versions together. There's all kinds. Yes. I have that whole box set. I love it. Uh, but yeah, Vangelis. I, I, I'm a huge fan of synth, and so he does a lot of the synth soundscapes well, and stuff Chariots like that. Of Fire too, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he yeah, did. did. Yeah, it was really good. Um, obviously, um, I would probably go with Empire Strikes Back. Uh, yeah. That that one really because the first score was great, New Hope was great, but I feel like he really started to get things. It was more polished, right? Yeah. And he and you had the asteroid theme, you had uh, um, uh, Darth theme. Vader's theme, you had Yoda's Yoda theme. 
prince, the Leia, the the princess theme. I mean, Han's theme. He had the he yeah, had the yeah, whole. He was more about thinking about actual themes for people. Um, man, I have like a whole on my Spotify. I have I have a complete. I don't know. Anyways, uh, next one. I'm trying to think of composers because that's the easy way to segue into what. You hit each one. Yeah. You know, one from each one, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that makes it easier. Yeah. We got John Williams. I got Alan Silvestri. You got Zimmer. Um, I wouldn't put Zimmer in my top five. Uh, but his. I'll tell you my favorite score that he did was. Um, this uh, would be an honorable mention. Uh, yeah, this would be an honorable mention. Um, was a Gladiator. Uh, yep. That was a good soundtrack. Good Although I really liked his score for Inception. I thought that was really well done. Yep. Um. It just overall the brooding feel and the slow, you know, with the uh, the the cello and all that was really awesome. Um, what else would I go with? Um, I mean, I'm trying to take old school now. I'm I'm going back in time. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, um, the the uh, he was a, he, rest in peace. He was an amazing composer. He did all the Star Trek scores. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he did the first one. Right, he did. Well, but he did then the they theme. Filled him in on the. He did the theme songs for Voyager and for Deep okay, Space Next Nine. Generation. In yeah. Next Generation. Well, Next Generation was a rehash from the motion picture, which right. I thought was a brilliant score. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a great score. James yeah. Horner did the next two. Right. The Wrath of Khan. And, and um, then yeah. uh, Elliot uh, Goldenthal did the oh, fourth yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fifth one was jo- uh, Goldsmith. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. The yeah. sixth one was... Um, was it Goldsmith? No, it wasn't Goldsmith. Uh, McNeely, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I... I lo- See, for me, it's like, I have this weird thing. It's hard to answer, hard to answer that, what are your favorite, but... Because I will listen to film, I will listen to film scores that I've never seen the film, and that for some people that's hard to grasp. Nope. You're like, you have you listen to this, you don't even know what this film's about. You don't even know because I I have this thing on my on my um page. My voice is going out. <coughs> yeah. I might I have this thing on my page where I put good scores for bad films. Yeah. I'll oh, give you exa- many. I'll give you Those example. Are so many. Uh, X Men Three. Yes. Universal Regarded is a bad, an awful movie. bad film. That was a spectacular score. Yeah, John Powell. John Powell did the score for X-Men 3, yes. Last Stand. Yes. The movie was tanked. Oh, it was terrible. But the score was fantastic. Another one is um, uh, Mortal Instruments, uh, The City of Bones or whatever. Yes. Yeah. That, that movie didn't wasn't well received, yeah. but the score was phenomenal. So, like, I, I always like to introduce, highlight those, because the problem is in America, especially in America, if a film does poorly... The soundtrack typically does poorly. Yeah. I just hate that. You know what I mean? But well, what's yeah. worse is when they come out with a movie and you oh, can't find cool. the soundtrack. They look great. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, see, I can relate to that because I bought oh, the I score for the um, uh, <laughs> Narnia, the last one. The, mm-hmm. um, the oh, Princess Caspian? The, yeah. No, no uh, the, Dawn Treader. The Dawn Treader, that one. Yeah. I bought that score, like, Months before that movie, ever yeah, that was, came it was out. Harry Gregson Williams, I think, who did yeah. the score. Yeah, he's That's fantastic. A gorgeous score. It is really not nice. my favorite, but my it is nice. It is a nice score. Oh, so she liked the but pictures. Yeah, the, my favorite has to be good. Return of the King. Oh, Return of the King was amazing. That is an amazing score. But the, the funny thing is about Return of the King is uh, Howard Shore, who composed yeah. it. He was kind of an unknown guy. Like he did a lot of these British features, yeah. and like he did a lot of like like dramas and romance films. And then it was like, we need this big epic scope. Yeah. And Howard Shore is like, I'll do it. And people were kind of hesitant. They were like, Howard you Shore isn't uh, really. Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Oh my. That was his like opus. Did you did you hear about Howard Shore and how he locked himself in his room and started going scene by scene? Doing the music and then had to cut it down. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 If you actually get there's a, there's a, a, a CD volume 
of each one of the movies, the right? Movies where it has everything that he did. Oh yeah, it's on like six yeah. CDs. Yeah, and you you can actually pick out the cues where they mixed it into the film. Right. But there's so much that wasn't in the film. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. he was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So he kind of went over he kind of went over the edge on that one. Right. But I'm by the time you get to the Return of the King, it's perfection. Yes. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it's yeah. beautiful yeah. work. But the thing is, it's so weird how, as an artist in general, you we call it your opus. Your well, yeah, Mr. Holland's opus. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's based yeah. On. Your your pinnacle. Your, your pinnacle. Yeah, that's a good word. Piece uh, that is on stone. You know. Yeah, exactly. And for for us, I don't think Howard Shore will ever do anything as great as, as Return of the King. No. Uh, no. Phenomenal score. But he had so many. He had 125 different people he worked with just to do the music. So he had a lot of talented musicians around him. Yeah. So. Well, if you actually, it's funny because he did the, th the soundtrack to Dogma in 99. Right. And if you actually listen to that music, you can pick some of the pieces. It's like if you listen to um, uh, James Horner's stuff from Avatar. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of cues in Avatar that are from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Right. But the thing is, you is can that pick them out. I mean, they're every, almost identical. Every musician has a fingerprint. Right. John, uh, John Williams does, but you just mm -hmm. have to really know what to look for. I mm -hmm. mean, if, if you if you've listened to that much of their volume of their work, you can hear them. They have riffs that they yeah. use. This well, the Superman riff, you can hear it in Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't know what to listen for. Yep. And you can also hear his influences. Like he was a jazz conductor for a long time, and that's where where he really got to shine with the jazz stuff was the Cantina theme. That's all jazz music that he's composing for that. And Which he uh, did really good when he because he put that to use in 1941. Yep. When he did the 1941 soundtrack, soundtrack there's a yeah. lot of jazz in there, and he worked on a lot of that stuff yeah. originally. Yeah, he was with the Boston Pops, so like that was his like group he loved oh, so yeah. much. So well, he um, worked with London Symphony Orchestra the first, mm -hmm. then he went to the Pops after. Yeah. He was with the Pops for Well, it, what really got him years. notoriety though was the Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack that yes. he did because that really so was he did a phenomenal job with that. So Oh gosh, that with is that is a thing of beauty. It is. It's gorgeous, but But yeah, so see, we can geek out on anything in this podcast, which is great. Deuce <laughs> Deuce came in at the right time. Yep. What's your favorite soundtrack, Deuce? It could be anything. I could Guardians see it. of the Galaxy. That's a good soundtrack. Yeah. That's a good soundtrack. Solid. That's all. Like That's the a solid. Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is the fact that James Gunn. If you look at the original script and with the original songs that he picked, nobody knew any of those songs. They were so out there. But then when he started putting all those '70s tracks in, man, everybody just lit up with those. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, was it uh, the composer Trevor Jones? Was or, uh, or is it no, Trevor Rabin? Trevor Rabin. I get those confused because I'm like they're both named Trevor. I'm like yeah, Trevor Rabin was the guy that came on in the Yes albums back in 9125, right. big, uh, big Generator, and yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we get to geek out. See, that was cool. He also did Gone yeah. in 60 Seconds, the one with uh, oh Nick Nicholas Cage. Cage yeah, that was Trevor Rabin. Yeah, yeah. Trevor Jones did uh, Cliffhanger. Yep. Uh, Stallone. He also did the. Um, um, Are you not in my film score enthusiast page? I don't know, but I should be. Oh, you should on, be. I'm like, wow, I'm you're quoting stuff you, up. Man. It's like you're you're like in reading my brain right now. I'm like, well, I've what? got so many soundtracks that I, I Cliff, need to add you. Then Cliff if you're not, is one that nobody ever picks up because it is a great score. Yep. And if you listen, just listen to the, the movie was fair. I mean, it was Stallone, but it was yeah. fair. Uh, it was a great soundtrack. I thought it was fantastic. No. <laughs> no, but there's a scene in the movie. If you actually watch the scene where he's uh, um, John Lithgow's in the helicopter and he's yelling at him over the microphone, and he's got a speaker, and he goes, "Just put him over there," and his voice never changes. Yeah, uh, the microphone's over here. Oh wow, yeah. And it was just like, okay, that was a flub. Somebody screwed yeah. up. So I was telling, I was telling them my voice has gotten lower as we've gotten throughout because my we've voice, I'm losing lower. and my voice, is, I'm losing it a little bit. So it's like we, we've been Hello, talking I'm about Tom it. T. Hall. <laughs> yeah. It's good seeing you, my friend. It's Scotty. What's up, Charles? <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, as far as soundtracks, I mean, I I yeah. go way back because my first, one of the first vinyl records I ever got in my life, was Superman. Yeah, that's the a phenomenal record, one. Which I still have. Yeah. And then the second one was actually Star Wars, the two yeah. vinyl set, and I must have listened to that thing to its death. I, I still have mine. Oh, oh my yeah? goodness, yeah. that is such a classic. That's awesome. Yeah. Because it's different. If you actually look at the remastered versions, they're different. Oh yeah. yeah. You know? That's the problem with remastering. Every time you remaster it, you change you change it. Right. I like the original. I like the presses. You know right. the way it sounds, the pops. Yeah. I mean, See, I had now Blade Runner when it came out original and Vangelis nice. had eight right. songs on it. And that was it. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go buy another record player. Thank you yep. so much. <laughs> well, you know, Vitals are making a comeback. They really it are. It is. Yeah. 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 yeah Victro, uh, Victrola's back in session. They're making record players again. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Crosswell's making record mm -hmm. players again. Yeah. Uh, TX making them again too, which is fantastic. Yeah. So my wife has one. I got one for her birthday a couple years ago, and she. Her favorite band is The Doors, so whenever she get, she wants to get into that mood, that chill mood, Soft she throws on she throws on the uh, Doors album and she just rocks out like and See, it's I, cool. With Soft Parade, best album they did, I think. That's my my opinion. Morrison's Hotel was great. Soft Parade was fantastic. Yeah, I was yeah. telling him I need to get him on my if he's not on my it's score enthusiast. Both of you, I don't know Actually, if I put you on it either. I need to put you both. I honestly had no idea that music score enthusiasts was a thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there's actually there's actually a website. Well, it used to be called a web. It was a music um, soundtrack collector. Right. Soundtrack. I don't even collector. know if that's still around. I don't think anymore. it is. Yeah, I think it's there, but it's not updated anymore. Because a lot, if you get soundtracks, there's and you listen to it, watch the movie, you get the soundtrack, and it's there's things missing. And you actually have to get on like IMDb and find the songs. And I do this a lot. I find the songs that are not on the soundtrack. Right. Mm -hmm. For example, Iron Man, the first yeah. one. Yep. Back in Black is not on not the soundtrack. Not on the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack, yeah. yeah. But if you, you know, then it is on the later ones, like when they did the, just came out with the Marvel Cinematic Universe soundtrack, which right. has everything. everything yeah. on Iron it. Iron Man 3 at the beginning when he's putting on the, he dropped the needle, you know, and the needle comes down and it's uh, Joe Williams yep. doing. Uh, Dashing through the snow in a right. open sleigh. Yeah, right. that's a jazz version right. that was on one, one record, record. Yeah. in like mm -hmm. 1962. Right, and it's on that soundtrack, and I got it. Yeah. Now, now see, I had no idea what year that was even from. I'm, I'm, I yeah, think it's an I old heard, song. Yeah, let me tell you. I'm, I was there listening to that song. Like I've heard this version before, and I don't know where from. Right, and it's a doozy. It's but. a beautiful, and that soundtrack is. The Iron Man three is not one of my favorite Iron Man soundtracks, but it is really good. Yeah. Because it's different than the other two, and that's what made it a little more. Well, that's the thing I always have to clarify with people. Soundtracks and scores, I put them in two different, different boxes things. because soundtracks are like bands, and you know, like yeah. you know, like when you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, that was a great soundtrack, good yeah. collection of music. But a lot of people are like, "Oh, yeah, I love soundtracks," and then you hear they only like rock bands yeah. in the soundtrack. Now I'm talking it. about the instrumental score. Yeah. I'm like, score is the composer, like yeah. John Williams, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I'll, t I'll give you my five current score uh, composers that I love because I think they need to get a shout out. Uh, Brian Tyler, who did yes. the score for Iron Man Three, phenomenal. Yes. The dude is amazing. He's a great composer. Some great music. Everyone he does, him and uh, uh, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, Michael Giacchino. Yeah, Michael Giacchino got uh, won the uh, Oscar for the score for Up, <laughs> um, which is fantastic. That. He deserved uh, that. Yeah, and he's d he's done most of the he's done the. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, 4, and 5. He did the scores for those. Um, and I think James... Not James Horner. Danny no, James Elfman. James Newton-Howard. James Danny Elfman did the first one. Right. James Newton-Howard did the second one. Right. And then the rest of it was all... Yeah. Uh, uh, it was uh, Giacchino, yeah. Um, Giacchino's done also 99% of the toys. I'm a huge fan of Henry Jackman. Henry, Henry Jackman... Jackman uh, 
people know him from the, uh, Big Hero Six. He did that. He, he did, did the, the uh, Kong X-Men. Skull Island. He did, yeah. He did uh, X Men First yeah, Days. Uh, X yeah. X Men First Class as well. Days of Future Past. Uh, and then uh, John Ottman did the um, X Men Apocalypse. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that was really good. But John Ottman also did um, uh, Superman Soul Returns. Surfer, Superman Returns. Yeah. He did uh, Fantastic Four. I think yeah. he also did X Men. One and two, okay, I you think. you you've got your entry into yeah. my my group. You you you've like I'm like I'm he's, he's talking done, to the choir I now. I'm like yeah. Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, and he did Superman Returns. I didn't know you were this he hardcore like I am. Yeah. I'm like you're talking you, to my you people. You found you found your people. Yep. You'd be surprised what I have. I have. Every, I mean, we were good friends before this, and but different now, versions. Yeah. Of different ones, right. like uh, for example, you know, like I said. Uh, you have the original Star Wars, right. then you have the expanded, right. the 99 release, and then yeah. you have the or 98 release, yep. and then you have the 2015 remix, and all the remasterings and everything. Everyone's a little different. Yep. The original one is still the purest one. Right. Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back is a great example. Yep. Everything, if you listen to the remasters, they're fine, but that original one is just gold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Plus, with that story and that movie was just a perfect oh, yeah. blend. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman, Brian Tyler, uh, John Powell's great. He did the score for How to Train Your Dragon, amazing score. Uh, he's also done a lot of the uh, DreamWorks films, Horton Hears a Who, and all these different ones. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he did uh, Face Off. Um, that was a great score as well. That was a great score. Uh, he did uh, the Bourne Identity movies, all three of them. Uh, yeah. So he's a great composer. Uh, but they but used a lot of his cues in the later in the legacy and Jason Bourne, too, yeah. Yep. So... Anyways, speaking of amazing things, uh, this was another amazing episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We could geek out. I need to get you guys on the the film score enthusiast group, yeah. uh, so oh we yeah. could because we just geek out on scores all day. It's it's fun. Oh, and uh, I'm that works. I'm yep. in. Yep. So that's what I listen to when I'm at home. I'm like that's why I pop something on. I pop a soundtrack on. Yep. I'm good to go. Yeah. I've been listening honestly the the Marvel Cinematic Universe one. I can start it from Back in Black from Iron Man, right. and it runs all the way through to the. Uh, End of Infinity War. That's awesome. Oh, man, that's amazing. And songs that you can't get are on that that whole set list. Right. I got that on iTunes, and it's amazing. Yeah, I've had the greatest showman on loop for like three weeks. (laughs) That's a good soundtrack. (laughs) It was. Yep. So. Nina Nier, Matthew Pfeiffer, thank you for joining us. Thanks uh, for again. having Thanks me. We'll have to do this again. Hope maybe we can do this again, not in it, just once a year, right? We could yeah, try to like find a time, yeah. even if we can do Skype or something, just well, to actually, try to. Like, to oh, I we can do that. Come down to your place because we got to come down and talk uh, Endgame when it comes out. Oh yeah, oh, that'd sure, be awesome. Because every theory, and I got to throw this in real quick. Every theory for Endgame is like every theory for Infinity War. They're right. all wrong. Right. You have no idea right. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows anything right. except for two people, right. and that's the Russo brothers. Right. That's well, it. three if yeah. you count Kevin Feige. He yeah. knows what's going on. Right. So, Nobody knows. Uh, yeah, we'll have to get together again. And uh, like I said, we even if we do Skype or something, that'd be really cool. Yeah, we so. can do that. So thank you guys for so much for yeah, joining us. Thank Thanks much, for guys. having me. It. No problem. Dude, how do you, how do people find us on the internet? You can find us at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine, HH Podcast Show at gmail.com, Facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show, soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. And there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags you want to put in the Twitter machine. Hashtag happy H- hashtag happy, happy hour podcast. podcast. Hashtag HH, HH podcast, podcast show and hashtag Deuces on the loose. loose. Later. Bye.